Oh, when the world is crap and you've got the blues, just take a break from all that horrible news for something crazy, amazingly clever and never half assed. Except when it is. Yes, it's the Randy Rainbow Podcast. This song is almost over, girl, so wipe your tears. You're in for a treat and feast your ears on this. Remarkable feat. Yes, it's a famous celebrity. Finally, Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Randy Rainbow Podcast. I am your host, Mandy Patinkin, and I'm here in studio with the lovely Rebecca. How you doing, Rebecca? Hi, Randy. I'm good. Am I correct in saying this is our last episode before our holiday break? Yep. Yep. We're about to go on a vacation. Just a short one. Oh my God. I, I, I'll i have separation anxiety. We've been, it feels like we're like doing this like long term. Yeah. It is actually weird to have two weeks off. Um, what, what what are you doing? What do you got planned? I'm going to Mexico City oh, with some family. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, we do a little Hanukkah slash Christmas. So Christmas Day is not really that important. So it's nice to just kind of go do something. Right. There's less pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the holiday. You're full Jewess, right? Like yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, did you celebrate Christmas growing up? Yeah, absolutely. And Hanukkah? Yeah, certainly. But, you know, I've always been more into Christmas. Really? Yeah, I'm a bad Jew. I've been very vocal about this. Oh, okay. And Tell you, me about your association with Christmas then. Am I the first one to make this up? I just love Christmas. It's more exciting than Hanukkah. You have you don't find that? You haven't found No, that? I do. I just And as a and as a young Jew, are we allowed to say that? Am I canceled for offending myself? <laughs> yeah. Didn't you find that you were kind of envious of your friends who celebrated Christmas because oh, yeah. Hanukkah was a little... I, I really like Christmas just as a celebration and the the spirit. We're very controversial but on the show. We like, like Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's a little bit tough. It's tough to reconcile with that because it is a religious holiday and it's not my religion and I don't subscribe to the religious aspects of it. So for me, it's a cultural, social holiday. No, of course. it's. I mean, it's the pageantry and the music and the spectacle and the and all of that stuff. And I love the music. I love every, I love so much about the holiday season. Yeah. Well, and Hanukkah's, you know, the only reason there's attention on Hanukkah is because it happens around Christmas. Otherwise, Hanukkah's not that big of a deal for Jews. That's it's true. fine, but it's not, you know. No, it's not. It's a, it's, it's not, a small holiday in comparison. It ain't Christmas equivalent. Let's let's tell it like it is. Yeah. So I, you know, I, there's a lot of emphasis on Hanukkah, and it's like I enjoy Hanukkah. Sure. The lakas. Yeah. Give me all the food and the dreidels Little and the chocolate. <sighs> <laughs> so what are you going to do for this holiday break? Well, I just came back from Hawaii. Don't you see my tan? Ah, yes. You did look a little different. Right? So I, frankly, my vacation will be sitting at home because I just wrapped my tour. So I, I've had just about all the travel I need. So probably just hang out with some friends and just uh, enjoy my city because I miss it when I leave it for too That's long. That's nice. Do you have traditions, like things that you do every year during this time? I drink heavily and uh, watch Christmas movies and cry. Thanks for asking. <laughs> that sounds so nice. <laughs> I like it. It's good. It, it exercises uh, all the things. No, but uh, probably just, you know, I'll just chill. I um, have some dinner with friends and things like that. I have a lot of 
the land of misfit toys with with my friends. So there's no trouble finding people to hang out with. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh my god! Uh, well, probably Home Alone. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that one. Get it together, Rebecca. Do you? What is yours? I like the Santa Claus movies. I know there's a new one this year, and David Crumholtz is coming back to the series. Well, the oh, franchise. Which, which one's that? He played Bernard. Is that the elf? Yeah. Oh, he's cute. He's lovely. Yeah. He's currently on Broadway on Le- in Leopoldstadt. Oh, yeah? Yes, I saw him. He's wonderful. Oh, I enjoy him. And there's a lot of fans that are very excited for him to come back as Bernard. Hey, that's what I need to do, too, now that I'm home for a little bit. I need to catch up on my Broadway because I am yes. way behind. I'm, I got to see Into the Woods. I got to mm-hmm. see Funny Girl. This is not funny, girl. No, it's like, really I am not. backed up. Yeah, and there's a lot of turnover right now, so mm. there's a long list of shows that's that are going to be on your list. Yeah, I better get started. Well— what can I say about today's guest? Yeah. I mean, this is big doings we got. Not only do we have an icon, and I'm not just talking about myself this time. We have oh. an actual, well, yeah, no, Gloria Actual Estefan is coming in studio today. Do you love her? I, I love her. Yeah. My first tape ever that I had when I was eight years old was Let It Loose, with, which was Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine, Rhythm Is Gonna Get You. That was like my first Walkman. Wow. Walkman. I say Walkman because I'm Jewish, <laughs> but I mean, I wore that thing out. So I'm you really, tell her that. I'm going to, I love her so much and she's going to be here very soon. So let's you and I shut up and Gloria Estefan will be here, everybody. So stand by. It's the Randy Rainbow Podcast. Let's answer the phone. Pick up. Hi, Randy. It's Jeffrey Kasky here. I just finished your memoir, and I was most impressed with the part about where you killed a bear with your bare hands to save a toddler from being mauled. So my question is, whatever happened to the bear? Hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for your question. Yes, thank you for pointing out that very heroic story. Still can't believe that happened. It was quite traumatic. But to answer your question, I really don't know what happened to the bear. Like most of the bears in my life, he never called. P.S. Everybody, Jeff clearly didn't read my book. That is not a story in my book. Nice try, Jeff. Hi, Randy. I recently saw your show and loved it. And I know you love your audiences and have mostly positive experiences. But can you tell us about some of the negative encounters? Because those are more fun to hear. Like, What really pisses you off the things that people do or say that you wish they wouldn't when you perform? Thanks and love you. For the most part, my audiences are nothing but fabulous and I love everything about them. Thanks for coming to the show. But I will say I played a city that will remain nameless. And in the front row, there were some lovely ladies who were dressed to the nines and drunk off their asses. And um, it was kind of cute for like six minutes. Not even that long. But then they started getting very vocal immediately. And there are parts built into my show where audience participation is welcomed and a lot of fun, actually, but not at the top of the show. So if you want to get sloshed, maybe sit toward the back, not in the front row. Just some basic theater etiquette. But thanks for coming, ladies. Hey, Randy Rainbow. Girl, I'm just Karen. I had the very great pleasure of seeing your show, after which you were kind enough to autograph 
your New York Times bestselling memoir, Playing With Myself, available wherever books are sold. I was struck by how sweet, shy, and soft-spoken you were offstage. Just, just lovely, just wonderful. And I wonder how many other celebrities you've met are kind of the same way, opposite of their stage persona. Do you find it common among particularly talented performers? Thanks, dear. Love your podcast. Best wishes always. Thank you, Karen. And I appreciate your uh, sense of humor about my song referencing your name. Yeah, especially after a show, I do tend to be kind. Well, first of all, I'm spent having just done a show, so I'm tired on top of it. But yeah, normally I am, you know, a a little more reserved than my on-screen, on-stage persona. Rebecca, let me bring you into this because you deal with celebrities all the time. So I think that is pretty common for sensitive artistic types, no? I think it's mixed. You're going to find all types of people. But yeah, I think that there are a lot of performers, celebrities that are a little more quiet and private and personal when they're one-on-one. Yeah. Because a lot of them are introverts, honestly, and... A lot of them spend a lot of energy when they're performing on stage or even if they're doing TV stuff, theater. Like, it takes a lot. It's well, a whole job. Yeah, and that's probably most of what she was picking up from me that night because she saw me probably toward the end of a tour that's been actually going on for like a year now. So I was probably, more than anything, just exhausted. Sometimes it's a mixed bag with me. Sometimes I'm like bouncing off the walls, especially if I have a cocktail in me. But yeah, I do find, I mean, some of the people that we have here, you see them on stage in all their glory and they're playing a part and then they're, they are very reserved. So I think it's, it's more common than you might think. I think also what's really special about us doing this podcast mm-hmm. is the opportunity to bring people in for them to be their natural selves without a lot of pressure to be kind of, you know, the spotlight. Yes, it's a spotlight, but, you know, this is a tiny little studio where you guys can have an intimate conversation and just be yourselves. Well, that was the part of the appeal of doing a podcast to me is that it gives you an opportunity to show another side of yourself. And yeah, I like that of my guests too, because we we know them, we see them doing their thing, but I think it's, it's much more interesting to kind of get them one-on-one in their natural habitat, just being... You know, whatever they want to be. And fans don't usually get to see that because you're seeing them when they're performing, when you're on stage and having to, you know, be in front of a crowd. Well, you can't really be quiet and shy (laughs) when you're doing that. Right. Exactly. And I don't find that people, for the most part, complain about it. People aren't usually like, hey, you know, I paid good money. You know, dance, dance. (laughs) But yes, thank you for noticing. I am very demure and lovely. Hey, to leave me a message, comment, or question, go to the show notes, click the link, and tell me what's on your mind. And now, a brief word from our sponsor. This Saturday night, Tune in to Truth Social's first original animated holiday film with a modern twist on a Christmas classic. It's Rudy, the red-handed Republican. After once again being caught red-handed for numerous criminal activities, Trump and all his accomplices are on Santa's naughty list. Now to save Christmas and fire that loser Santa Claus, 45 will need the help of his pet lawyer, Rudy, the red-handed Republican, to put together a team of conservatives with some time on their hands and deliver presents to all the MAGA followers across the country. 
Now Eric, Don Jr., now Jared and Ivanka, on Doc Oz, on Kid Rock, on Hannity and Melania, now Bobert, Ted Nugent, now Lindell and Kanye, on Spicer, on Gulfoil, on Kelly and Conway. Now Palin, now Herschel, now Sarah Huckabee, on John Voight, on James Woods, on Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's a Christmas event for the entire conservative Christian far-right family or cult, with a star-studded cast featuring Rudy Giuliani, Dean Cain, Antonio Savato Jr., Scott Baio, Roseanne Barr, that nutty girl from Full House, and Chris Pratt as the voice of Santa Claus. It's Rudy, the red-handed Republican, this Saturday night at 8 p.m. on Truth Social. I think a fabulous Kiki with someone I love would be best. My guest today is an international Grammy award-winning superstar who has sold over 100 million records worldwide, a singer, actor, writer, producer, and philanthropist. From the Presidential Medal of Freedom to an Oscar nomination to doing the conga, her list of credits can't get any longer. See what I did there. Please welcome Gloria Estefan. Randy Rainbow. I love you. I love you more, and I'm your biggest fan. I can't believe this. And I have to admit that I have been jealous on more than one occasion. Of me? Of your prolific writing, because the first songs I ever wrote were parodies. Were they really? I am a parody writer. I did not know this about you. absolutely. I have parodies of my own songs. Sometimes Diane Warren and I wrote a beautiful song called I Know You Too Well. And halfway through it, we digressed into the parody, which was filthy and really should not please, be sung. Please, please do some lyrics Should now. not be sung. Okay. Yeah, I, know. I could do a couple of my other tunes, but yeah, I love that. I can't believe that. I never knew that about you. My family does it. We do it together. But you're, but you're also musically. The reason I do it is because I don't know how to write music. So yes, I'm you just, do. I do. Absolutely. But I'm just ripping off other people's songs. No, but Gloria. listen, what you do is very creative. That's not easy. Oh, well, thank Coming you up so with those much. ideas. Oh, good. Well, yes. I'm going to make a note. I can use Gloria Stefan's catalog. Now. Yes, absolutely. Um, do it. Oh, thank you. Well, I have been. Listen, I, I like to bore people for the first 10 minutes of the interview. But I I love you. I mean, I've loved you for so long. I was telling everybody before, the first tape that I ever owned was a Let tape. It Lose. I remember oh a gosh. tape in my Walkman. My Walkman, I say Walkman. I love it. Because I'm Jewish. I say Walkman, not Walkman. But um, it was the it was you in the Miami. It is Sound. Walkman. It is Walkman, right? Yes. But that was it, and I did. I just I learned much later in life that that actually had a title, "Let It Loose." I thought it was just the Gloria tape that I would just needed. <laughs> I love it. But it was a huge uh, influence on me, and oh I've loved gosh. you ever since. Lest people wonder how I scored a, a, an icon, uh, we do share. Uh, I'm I'm. How should I say? I'm I'm fancy enough to share. A friend and publicist with you in the in the fabulous yeah, Victoria Varela. You wouldn't have needed her. I gotta tell you. Well, really? I'm here because I'm your hardcore fan. Oh, really? Yes, See, absolutely. She, she no. She told me it was all her doing. Well, she takes full well, of credit she for it. Say that she's a publicist. Well, what do she, you expect? I know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm thrilled that you're here, and I love this album. Thank you, and congratulations for this Thank beautiful you new so Christmas much. album. Thank you. I loved every minute of it. It's yeah. my favorite project. Imagine. Uh, when I did my first album, uh, first Christmas album, was 93. Neither one of the two, Emily or Sasha, obviously, had been born. Right. 
So I knew one day I'd do another one. Uh, but when we were doing Thanksgiving 2019 and Sasha sings since he's a baby too, and we would do little shows and I always host Thanksgiving. So I told him, you know what? We, we do Beatles tunes. We're all Beatles fans. And we would pick a repertoire to do for the family as right. entertainment. And I said, why don't we do, let's do a little snippet of something original. So we met in the playroom while everybody was sitting outside preparing our show. And we wrote the hook to uh, Thankful. And then he, Sasha would go around. Everybody would say what they're thankful for in between. 2020, I was sick. COVID, no Thanksgiving for anybody. Oh. We all know. We all went through it. And then in 21, we were doing it again. And after that, we were preparing our Christmas show. And Sasha goes, Tutu, you know, when I try to sing high notes, something is weird. I can't control. I go, oh, my God, here comes puberty head on. So I thought, let's capture this magic of him being a kid And I asked him and Emily, hey, what if we do kind of what we do in this little show, but we do it in an album for everyone for the holidays? And they love the idea. So being with them in the studio through the whole summer was it must, fantastic. It must just be a joy, the whole, it was. the whole thing. It helps that they're both legitimately talented. Yes, exactly. It was very organic and it happened the way it should be. And We picked the songs ourselves. We chose the styles that we wanted. I called Shelley Berg, the dean of the Frost School of Music, who did my standards record with me. And I told him, Shelley, we want to do a Christmas record. He said, I'm all over it. And he did some phenomenal arrangements on this. Gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. But they're credited as associate producers because wow. we all really worked together on this. Okay. Me more than anybody. That's why I'm the producer. Well, good for yeah. you for being honest. You don't have to be uh, too diplomatic. But they're so they're so amazing. And Emilio makes an appearance. First Is this time. the first time ever? Yes. What took It's you so long exclusive. to get him? Emilio's a producer. He likes to be in control. And he was not happy oh. when I was telling him what to do. And I said, I hope you're going to appreciate far better now because he'd be in the booth and I'm in there with him. He's trying to sing in English, for God's sake. So right. this was a big challenge. Then I wrote the song in Spanish as well. But I'd be in there and Sasha's out in the booth going, Abuelutu, listen to Tutu. I'm saying, babe, that's not the melody. You have to sing the melody. He goes, I don't want to. And I'm going, Paul Williams is going to have a conniption <laughs> if you change his melody on, you know, this beautiful song. But it turned out so beautiful. It's He, he sounds like this innocent kid because he was a big kid. Yeah. But he did it because it wasn't anybody's idea. It was Shelley's. It wasn't our idea. Uh, Sasha was going to do that as a solo. And uh, Shelly says to me, you know, you're going to kill me. But my wife, Julia, thinks it'd be a great idea if this was a duet with Sasha and Emilio. And I go, that is a great idea. It's so sweet. Let me ask Emilio, see if he'll do it. And of course, he says yes to everything. So it's very, very special. We cry every time we hear it. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's, you can tell it's a real work of love. Absolutely. Been looking forward to this time of year When I can focus on what brings me cheer I've been reflecting on what matters most I'd like to share it in this Christmas toast May we always be together as we are tonight Joining 
I will be decorating my tree to this album this Yay. year. What, what, what kind of family traditions do you have around the holidays? Christmas Eve is at my niece Lily's house. She's a big uh, TV star in the Latin world. She has a show called El Gordo y la Flaca, which in English is very politically incorrect. That's You're on the right the show. The fat man and the skinny girl. Okay, we're canceled. <laughs> but he is, and she is too. Okay. We go to her house, always dancing, always music. We mix up the cultures. We always have both American food and Cuban food all the way. Nochebuena is Cuban food. Okay. The po pork, the roast pork, the rice and beans, the bananas, oh. whatever. But then we mix it up with, you know, the sweet potatoes. And, and for Thanksgiving, that's my favorite meal, Thanksgiving meal, turkey, yeah. mashed potatoes. And then we throw in Cuban stuff too. Always. Oh, that's good. I'm getting On hungry. New Year's Eve, we have a tradition where you each get 12, 12 grapes representing the 12 months of the year. And it becomes a bit of a hazard because you're supposed to eat them all. So sometimes People, it can be a choking hazard. Yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> Especially at the midnight when <laughs> lots of liquor has been right, consumed. Right, everyone's wasted on top of it. And uh, Cubans also have a tradition where you take a bucket of water and you throw it outside like if you're cleaning your house. Okay. That, I don't do that, but somebody always does. And um, nothing, just food, family, and fun. And music and dancing. That's, That's pretty much it. I'm coming over. Yeah, you um, love it. Well, you mentioned politically incorrect. So that, that remind you know, people ask me often, what, because I don't know if you've heard that there's a, a lot of, uh, you know, this country's <laughs> divided. You think? Did you hear? <laughs> and so people, yeah, so the holidays are very contentious for some people. I, I know. I don't really have that, thankfully, in my yeah. family. But what do you, do you, do you, are you asked this? And what do you say? Because I usually say just, Drink and don't yeah. don't go there. But I was talking to Sandra Bernhard yesterday on Name Drop. <laughs> Sandra, I love her. I love her too. And you know, she she has another opinion. She said, "Screw that. Take the opportunity to tell people Ooh. what you think." Now, I, I I'm sticking by my just drink yeah. and and I have agree a nice with time. You. Look, it's been a tough couple of years, and every family has the differences of political opinion, mm -hmm. and it could get really ugly. So. We, not just in the holidays, but just in general, in the last two years yeah. or three years, have completely avoided any discussion of politics okay. at the house. Because Cubans and politics are a bad mix. Okay. You know, we, we had it with Fidel Castro and a lot of the families were divided completely down those lines. Sure. So that's in the past. But... Now, no politics. No politics. Yeah. That's what we don't want to discuss it. I'm sticking with that too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't want a bloodbath. No. Not speaking to a family member ever again. Well, but you have been, um, and I'll go here now because, you know, we're very gay here on the Randy Real yes, Podcast. Absolutely. So I, I, we got to talk some gay stuff. Yes. And it. you've been very, very vocal and forthcoming on the Red Table Talk. Yes, that you've we had. have. And your daughter, Emily, I must say, is She's amazing. amazing and so eloquent really and so wise. And yes. I think you're doing such a service by, by having this conversation publicly. That was the point of the whole thing. Was that was that a concerted effort that you made uh, or did it just happen like that? Well, it was a concerted effort to have the conversation because I don't know if you know, but Latinos don't like to discuss anything. Well, you know, in the family, there was always someone gay and they were. I remember one of Emilio's cousins was gay, and his aunt would always say, Él es muy fino. 
You know what that means? Like, no. He's very exquisite. Like he's very That's nice. posh. Okay. He's very classy. Right. And we're going like, he lives with a man. Like, <laughs> wake up and What's smell classy? the coffee. Yeah, that's funny. But they just would avoid the subject completely. Sure. They love them. They accept them. But they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to know. So it was important for us to do that. And, you know, um, Em went through some hell herself internally. Hmm. And I was very surprised that she wouldn't have felt comfortable just being open with us. She never introduced us to anyone she dated at all. Mm -hmm. So there was no reason, you know, to think one way or the other. And when we did have those conversations when she was younger, that I would say, you know, hey, mama, you know, like, and it, if it wouldn't matter who you loved, you know, she'd say, mom, I'm not gay. So just because she played basketball and didn't like wearing dresses, I didn't want to assume. Right. Also, that it was just a given. But so, she did open the door. She did. Uh, finally. But finally, it yeah. was it was pretty late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that she, she was so concerned and worried about the whole thing that a lot of our conversations, which is the reason why we have those talks, people listen through their own vocabulary and what's going on in their minds. And sometimes you'll say something to someone and they'll hear it. Through their lens. Right. And that's not at all the intention. So, yeah, there was a lot that we had to work out, but just communication-wise, because there's never been any whatsoever uh, moment where there's no accepting or no loving or no... Accepting is tough because why would I have to... I don't accept my son's straightness. Right. Thank like, you. Why do you have to accept exactly. someone's gayness? Well, that's a very sort of uh, evolved um, kind of way to think for some people, though. You, you, it makes sense. People are fearful. People are scared. Everything is fear-based. People are scared. And I think the people that are most scared maybe have some feelings of their own that they haven't resolved. Right. That they're trying to... That's usually the case. Shut down. But I think that's the best, because people ask me also, what did your mother do? Because I have these parents who bring their kids to my shows and they're all like dressed up in like little Liberace costumes, you know, <laughs> pretending to be me. And I say that they, she, all she did really was kind of create a safe space for me to be whatever I was. Exactly. It sounds like that's, that's, is that Absolutely. what, do you hear from parents now oh more gosh, often? We, and what do you tell them? You know what we heard by, from so many people that said, thank you for doing the show. I sat with my mother to watch it as a way of broaching the subject That's the because best. I couldn't have said it to her and I didn't find a way I've felt for, I've gotten from parents a lot of messages. Thank you for doing the show because I thought I was alone in the world and to see you, you know, in the, in the same kind of situation that I'm in, or it's not even a situation like going through it with your family and talking about it. It did. It made a big difference. And, you know, we don't ever discuss anything before the table because we really? want, never. There's no prep whatsoever. That's well, great. We prep on our own. We would prep okay. on our own doing background, like for a subject like right. this. But we purposely wanted to keep it completely fresh. Wow. And it was a two to three hour conversation that turned into 24 minutes that everybody saw. Wow. I wish they could have seen the entire conversation oh. because it was amazing. But apparently people only have a 24-minute attention span, 24 according minutes. to Facebook. Yeah. 
I, that's that's kind of extended for people's attention span. <laughs> but I, I I applaud you. I think that's so great, and you must be helping. Well, so many we people. hope it did. Do you um think that Emily's generation? I feel is so much more open. I mean, it, it, is she sort of teaching you in a in a way? She teaches things? me a lot of things. Yeah, but in this case, she wasn't really open. She wasn't open with any of her friends or us. Or it's not like she had some secret life. She right. just then I think she just woke up or maybe, I mean, it must have been going on because I found out later she dated a bunch of people and I go, but when? Right. <laughs> when did this happen? Right. But she was away at school in Boston for three years, so I'm sure a lot of it was there. They, I think, they're more open, but in some ways they're a little locked uh, in certain things. I think the constant social media is a problem. You think? I think so yeah. very much. I studied psychology and communication. So to me, that is a super interesting subject. And it's a wonderful thing in a lot of ways, but we're still finding our feet and our parameters because it's an open, like spewing hatred. There's nobody policing that and as well there shouldn't be, but there are also things that shouldn't be said right. that are not right, you know, uh, making people feel bad or or just giving energy to hatred. And you never, you know, and even in my day when you went to school and you got bullied or something like that, you you were able to walk away from it at the end of the day. Absolutely. There's no turning off that energy now. It goes to sleep with oh you and gosh. it wakes up with you. We police my grandson. Oh, good. And uh, what he watches and everything because, and I talk to him a lot about it. Yeah. I do. Uh, just, I mean, Emily didn't have a phone till she was 16. That's, so. I think you have to be real strict these yeah. days. Well, of, he has one already, but oh, he can't, well. you know, it, it, it has only certain he's people. He's got a rotary he dial. He can just call for it. <laughs> I um, wish. So switching the topic a little bit to, to music, you have, uh, you have youngsters in your family who are now coming up in the music industry. And it's so different now oh gosh, and so and a lot to do with social media and TikTok and all that. Are you able to even like navigate this with them? I have them, one or? TikTok that I ever did because I can't even handle Instagram. Do you do your own social media? Yes. You do? Absolutely. Me and my assistant, Heather, okay. when it's business. But I do my own social media. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. It's another marriage. Yeah. It's like a relationship that you have to feed. What I do love about it... Um, the Twitter DMs, like my fans, mm -hmm. that I follow them, they've, they've followed me since they were 10, 11 years old, yeah. and now they're adults, some with their own kids, their own issues, and I kind of be Dr. Estefan for them. They talk to me, they tell me their problems, they tell me their issues, their angst, and I'll write them back. You do? Yes. Oh, you're much better with your fans. To me, <laughs> that's my favorite that's thing so to nice. do. So that I will do. But yeah, for kids, it's it's tough, yeah. and they keep inventing another thing and another thing. Well, and that's it, the thing. I mean, you you can't keep you, you. It's like a hamster on a wheel. You finally build up a huge following, and then it's like, oh, we're not doing that anymore. We're on to this. And I tell my grandson, I go, baby, in life, you're either living it or watching someone else live theirs. So, what would you rather do? Exactly. There's right. not enough hours if you're sitting there watching what other people are doing constantly. What are you doing? Right. You're doing nothing. So he gets it. And look, he did this album where he's on the road with me now here. 
having a blast. We love hanging with each other. It's That's really great. Blessing. He's adorable yeah, and he talented, is. like legitimately talented. Yes, he is. Um, I, I need like a thousand hours in this interview, <laughs> but I have to talk about, because I was one of those, as I said, one of those kids who, who loved you, you know, when I first discovered you at eight. So I, I was obsessed with On Your Feet, which is now on, on tour. Yeah, it's back out on tour of the region. Congratulations tour. on that. Thank I have to you. say, I saw that show about 78 oh times. Oh my God. I am responsible single handedly for we appreciate the it. ticket sales. Oh my God. Uh, so, uh, but I realized why I loved it. So, first of all, it's just a great show. It's, Thank it's you. so fun and there's so much heart and all of that. But I realized it was the first, I hate to say jukebox musical right. because it's sort of, I know, I know, That's you know, what they it's, call it. it. Yeah, it's kind of, it cheapens Although what it is. Although we did an original song, which you, usually is not involved in jukebox musicals. That's right. Which was written by Emily and myself. She wrote I didn't that melody that. when she was a freshman in high school. She was going to, uh, she had a contemporary music class because she played drums and everything. And she comes home and goes, Mom, I want you to listen to this thing because we have an assignment and we had to write a pop, you know, melody, pop song. I go, okay, play it. We're at the piano. She plays it. I told her, you wrote a hit song, write lyrics. She goes, ah, I don't, that's not in the assignment. And I go, but if you write them, make sure it's something you care about. So she tried it for a minute. She goes, no, 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 that's too much work. So when Alex Denilaris was writing the script, she was a senior. And we had always planned on doing an original song for the play, mm -hmm. for the musical. And he, he said, I'll call you when I have the scene. So he calls me. I was elbow deep in my fan letters because I was pulling them so he could use real fan letters from the accident in that scene with all the right. fan letters before reach. And I wanted him to be legit. You could tell and that I, those were real yeah, fan letters. I saved yeah. everyone. I saved every letter. There was so much love and energy in those. I can't, yeah. I can't throw that out. Yeah. So I'm on the phone and he reads me the scene. And all I could hear was the melody that Emily had played me three years prior, immediately linking with the words, if I never got to tell you, like in my head. So I texted her by that, by that time she had a phone in school. And I said, when you come home today, we're going to sit at the piano and we're going to write this tune. Do you remember that song? She goes, yeah, mom, I remember it. I go, because if not, I remember it. And we wrote that song like in 15, 20 minutes. Oh it's God. the only original. And I had tried to find every which way to get her in the play, but she hadn't been born. Yeah. And I said, can't we do an epilogue? Can I come out with a baby? Can't we do like a slideshow? No. Oh, this is so much better. <laughs> it ends. Yeah. And I told her because she was bitter. She goes, I'm bitter. I'm not in the play. I go, oh you're gosh. in the play in the best way possible. That is the best way she could have gotten original I didn't realize song. that she... That she had any part in that. Yes, That's amazing. Yes, she did. It's awesome. That, and I'm thrilled. Yeah. Because it's it's done great and people really love it. And what we wanted was to inspire with it. Like our music has been for people and we got a lot of that too. Oh my people, God, it's so inspiring. People that had had a business idea even that they went to the show and then they did it and they they ran into me. and goes, I did because I saw your show. I, I grabbed my dream and I retook it. And yeah. Yeah, it's it's well, it's so much about endurance, and you know, and uh, particularly in the music industry, but also just you know, in in life. Now, when you cast that show, because I think I saw every every cast. Every Gloria, um, uh, Anna Villafania is a friend of mine. She was fabulous, She's but I would imagine that's a very personal casting process. How involved are you, or not? Involved? Okay, um, we gave Jerry Mitchell, who directed it, yes, 
all the work. I mean, we went to, through internet, everything. They we, they saw tons of film. I saw tons of film. But we let him kind of narrow it down. When there were five finalists for the position, we came to New York. Yeah, we were very hands-on with everything. We had creative control, or else we wouldn't have done the show, quite yeah. honestly, because they can mess with your life. And right. We weren't going to have that. But Anna, it's funny, she was supposed to be the last person. And we saw the first two. One of them was Leslie Grace, who was amazing. The third person didn't was late. And she was early. They went out and they go, would you go on now? And she walked in the door and it was like one of those moments where when she walked in, I felt that she was going to be the one. Yeah. And I, I didn't know anything about her, just, you know, the sheet they give you there on the table. She started singing and it wasn't like if you listen to her and, oh, my God, that's me. Because, first of all, I wouldn't know what I sound like outside of my head. But she drew me in to the song and what she was doing. So then when I saw her, I go, oh, we still have to see two more people. But I knew at that moment that it was yeah. going to be her. It turns out she had gone to my high school. So she was a bobcat, Our Lady of Lourdes Academy. That's a thing. It's an all-girl nun school. And the first performance she had done on stage at nine years old was Reach because she had been in a wheelchair because she— she had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, I didn't realize that. And watching me go through my process had helped her oh my God. work really hard to be able to get out of that chair. I didn't realize what a full circle moment that it was, was like, for her. And, and I didn't know that either. Wow. Till later, she confided it to me at a dinner in Miami after she'd already been hired and, you know, was telling me, you need to understand how much this show is means to me. Oh, my God. And she was phenomenal. So was Josh. Everybody, all of them have been incredible. And Linedi, who was one of the understudies, is now going to open in Bad Cinderella. Uh, oh, really? Yes. She's, oh, wow. They've all done amazing things. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you're making stars all over the they place. Know. That show is so good. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I, yeah, if, if you haven't seen it yet, catch it Thank wherever you, you can. Thank you so much. Uh, sometimes we do trivia. Do you have time to stay for a little bit Absolutely. of a trivia game? Rebecca, let me bring you into the mix. So trivia today is uh, music and Broadway themed. Oh, Lord. Now, wait yeah. a minute. First of all, are you a, are you a Broadway person? I love person? Broadway. Do you, are, do, you, are you, do you have like uh, first, show tune knowledge? Well, to a degree, I guess we'll see. But my first show was Equus when I was 17 in Miami. At the, oh, that's not a musical. Yeah, at a Coconut Grove, the Coconut Grove Playhouse. And... I didn't know that we were going to be a naked dude on There's stage. There's full frontal in that. Yeah. Let's just say that was my first. That was your first exposure to the Well, other theater. than my dad who was ill and I took care of and had to bathe on occasion. But yeah. <laughs> See, Equus, I didn't. I saw Cats. There's no nudity in that. That was my first show. I took show. my son to Cats. Yeah. I'm still bitter. Uh, anyway, okay. so let's see. Let's, ready? let's see what you got, Rebecca. So you each get five questions. Okay. Randy, you will go first. So okay. the first five, just for you. All right. Hit Are me. you ready? Here we go. We, we should have a button or something. Go. <laughs> Make that noise. In 1999, Gloria performed with which famous pop group for the single Music of My Heart? Oh, God. Okay. It was in sync. Yes. Yes. I was obsessed. Fantastic. That was good. Question number two. 
Which Madonna song was the biggest selling single of 1990? Wait a minute. Oh, I'm so bad with years because my not... life has flown by. Does this have anything to do with Gloria? No. no. How dare you trick That's me? That's your hint. Biggest Madonna of 1990. You I, should know this. I do, How dare you stereotype me on my own podcast? Throw I was listening after. to you and Barbara. Do I throw it to, to Gloria? Or yeah, how if, it you, if you Can know. it be Vogue? It is. Uh, okay. Ooh, that she was, just e stole that Can point. I tell you yeah. something? You you were my my lady. I did Very, not. I was well, not a Madonna gay. I appreciate. Really? Hey, let me also ask you because yeah, let me interrupt the trivia game. It's very interesting that so many gay icons wind up with gay kids. What do you make of that? Life, you know how many people have gay kids. I, I guess it. I guess so. I it's, guess it's, it's every a, family. Every, of course. Yeah, we're not out of like we're not some strange. It's not magic. Tribe. Oh no, we're just people like everybody else, and you know that. Yeah, I guess so. All right, go ahead. Yes. All right, question number three. In April 2020, Gloria released a parody of her 1989 song, Get On Your Feet, with the lyrics changed to reflect the importance of wearing face masks during COVID-19. Oh, I know What this. is the title of the parody song? Oh, damn it. I knew this. I know this. Give me a hint, somebody. So comment. it's a parody it, of Get On Your Feet. Oh, and it is about the importance on of your wearing mask. face masks. Put, so on, your mask. Put on your mask. Put on your mask. Put on your mask. Put on your mask. And I, you know, I did that video in my office with my assistant, who was also quarantined, both in my house and hers, because she works here, on a green screen. We had the biggest blast. Oh my god! Shooting this thing, and a friend of mine that was making masks. I got the idea because she sent all these different theme masks, and then that same day. My infectious disease doctor friend mm -hmm. says, Glow, please do a funny song to because nobody's paying attention, nobody's listening. That the mask is the only way. And I go, This is Kismet, two people in one day. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote it and did the video. I remember I that. that. I remember thinking that Gloria Stefan's trying to steal my job. Uh -huh. I was. Damn I it. really was, but forget it. You're Listen, way ahead of no, me. No, 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 no. All right, yeah, Randy. You and Weird Al. Me and we are now. <laughs> Randy, question number four. Yeah. In 2003, Rosie O'Donnell produced what Broadway musical? Was it Taboo? Yes, Boy it George was. Musical? Okay. Oh, did you know that? Yes, but I didn't remember the name right off the bat. I did. I didn't no, see it, though. That good. Go question ahead. number five. The musical, On Your Feet, performed in which Broadway theater? Oh, shit. How do I not remember this? It's the it was the, one. It was the Majestic. No, oh, it was the— You're right with the M. Close. The, mar the, the, the yes. marquee. Yes. Oh, my God. By I remember. the way, you know, I did a song with Rosie for a Christmas album once that I, I wrote do. called um, Gonna Eat for Christmas. I love that tune. I I have to go listen to that. It was on, on cheap, it was Christmas on her Rosie Christmas uh, series. I love Rose. I do, too. She was a neighbor of mine in, on Star Island for That's a while. That's right. Love her. Randy, that was a pretty great round. Yeah. You got four, and Gloria, you stole a point. All aye, right. Aye, aye. Okay, Gloria, question number one. What is the title of the song that you sang on the soundtrack for the television series Desperate Housewives? <gasps> Young Hearts Run Free. That is right. And I'm bad at my own stuff. Really? <laughs> I'm surprised you had to take a second there. Well, yeah. Hello. I've done a lot of stuff. You, I guess like, you have. <laughs> Question number two. Ricky Martin made his Broadway debut in the 90s as Marius and Les Mis. Evita. He came back. 
Damn it, you're good. I came Ooh. to see him. I went backstage. I came to see that show. That he good, came back man. to Broadway in a revival of yes. Evita. Evita. Yes. Here's a side note that I bet you don't know. Go. Oliver Stone wanted me to do Evita. Now, what happened there? I didn't want to do it because I read the script and I am a Latina. And the way that Eva Perón was depicted in the film would have been a huge insult to Argentinians. Ah. So... Got to keep my Latin flag flying. I wasn't going to do I that. Did re- wow. I did know that, and I did. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. But I, selfishly, I kind of wish you had done it. Yeah, it would have been beautiful. Yeah. But, uh, would you ever do a musical? They've asked me to do a lot Well, of what's musicals. going on? Why, why? It's too much work. Oh, come on. Like one of those, when they do them televised? Let me tell you something. Yeah. That is the hardest Working people in all show business, hands down, yeah. including opera singers. Yeah. You're talking eight shows a day. Week. Twice. Eight shows a week. Yeah. But Feels like twice on Saturdays. Right. And sometimes twice on Sunday they squeeze in. So, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, you don't need to be bothered with that I didn't work this now, hard to work this hard. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gloria. Question number three. Which famous girl band's debut album was called The Writings on the Wall? Girl band. Okay, it's either the Go-Go's or the Bangles. This is 90s, right? Yes, this is the 90s. I think I know based on the that. Bangles. How the many Go-Go's. girl groups were in the 90s? Not that many. 90s girl group. Give me a single from it. Indigo there girls? are four women that started in this group. Is it the main girl group of the 90s? Yes. Are you going to steal this point from her? Should I take it? Do it. The Spice Girls. No. Oh. No? That is incorrect. Oh! That is very close. Everyone dare you. going to be incorrect. The correct answer is Destiny's Child. Oh, my oh God. My God. I should mm. have known that. But I don't see them as a girl group. I was imagining people playing instruments. You know what? Why, that's I, fair. That's right. Uh, question number four. Sergio Trujillo, who did the choreography for On Your Feet, won his first Tony Award for what musical? Memphis. No, wait. Didn't he go to London to do it? Because I think he... Didn't he win an Olivier for it? Give yes. me a tie song oh, title. Oh, God. He won an Olivier. We're, we're useless. I know. Okay. I'm gonna hate. The correct answer is ain't too proud. Oh, jeez. Oh, and question right. number five. Yes, final darling. question. What is the title of Shakira's first English language album produced by Emilio Estefan? Laundry Service. You better yes, know that one. That is right. Yeah, I wrote where, whenever, wherever in English for her. Gloria, you are the winner of the trivia game today. Congratulations. Gloria, I love and adore you. I love and adore you too. Merry Christmas. Thank you for coming in. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for the new holiday album. I'm thankful for you. Oh, well, I love that. And I want to say thank you for all the joy oh. that you bring us all. I have a group of friends. We are the Dirty Dozen. We're 12 of us from high school that are constantly sending each other your stuff. Get out of town. Because you got us through 2020 and all the the difficult moments and you made us laugh right through it. And I'm, by the way, blown away by your productions. Thank you I don't you know so how much. you do those things. I don't either, but oh uh, my God. I so appreciate that. Thank you so much. So yes. I don't want to hear from your attorney when I start using your catalog. Go ahead, baby. Okay. Yes. Thank we, you, Gloria. I own my publishing. Go for it. Perfect. All right. Love you. Merry Christmas. Love you too. Merry Christmas. Thank you. 
Well, guys and dolls, this is our last episode of the year. We're taking a short break to enjoy the end of the year holidays, but I will be back in January with brand new episodes. So please keep leaving your messages and don't forget to subscribe and continue rating the show. Happy holidays, everybody. And now the show is over, girl, so thanks for listening. It's been a vibe, and damn it, don't you dare forget to subscribe. I promise next week will be ten times better than even the last. Except when it's not. From a new Christmas album to get on your feet. Oh, Gloria, honey, you still bring the heat. And that's the last word of the year.